This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hello, Camp Pros. This is Oliver Creekin, Summer and Family Camps Director at YMCA Camp Jewel. And I'm Matt Hansberger, and I'm the Executive Producer of Podcasting at Go Camp Pro, and you are listening to First Class Counselors. This is a series for camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire and prepare them for the upcoming summer. That's right. Oliver and I have this theory that uh, camp counselors, you out there have a really important job at camp, maybe even the most important job at camp. And we want you to be the best you can because we know that kids love you and you are the reason why they come back to camp year after year. Um, So we want you to be amazing. And that's why we do this podcast. Yeah. So listen and share with your friends so they can listen too. And then you guys can all make sure that every camper has a great time. But here today, we're going to cover one very specific topic. We're going to cover the essentials as fast as we can. It's the need to knows. The can't go without. The fundamentals. The basics. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about maybe one of the most basic things that you need to know as a counselor, and that is supervision. You're hired to watch the campers and make sure that they are safe. Safety is of the utmost importance. And if you've ever done a lesson on safety, the first thing that you learn about is look at what's happening, pay attention to what's going on, and then that way you can be a better caregiver. It's important that you understand at camp, you also are gonna be in a position of something called in loco parentis. This is important to understand as a camp counselor because it means that you're gonna be taking the place of the parents. This is actually a legal requirement here in the States when you become a camp counselor that says, hey, I'm legally in charge of making sure these kids are safe, taken care of, uh, and Their well-being is my responsibility. So with that being said, we're going to talk about making sure that you keep your eyes on the prize, which is that safety, and making sure that every single camper that comes to camp has that safety going on for them through your proper supervision. So with that being said, we're going to start off with breaking it down into some different levels of supervision or different types, really defining the world and the language of supervision that Matt and I know, and then we'll get a little bit more into the nitty gritty about how we perform those things. So Matt, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe some of the things that we can talk about in our levels of supervision? For sure. I I think just in a broad sense, um, supervision is the reason why we wanted to talk about this was I think it's one of those like spidey senses that you get as a camp counselor and every good camp counselor has this sense where they know something is going to happen before it even happens, or they um, put themselves in a place where they can at least observe those things. Um, So we're going to kind of talk this episode isn't necessarily going to be how to deal with the problems that arise, but it's going to be how to get ready for those because some of the, in some cases, how you deal with the problems that, might arise while you're supervising, those are specific unto themselves. They might even be episodes that we spin off of this one. So I think the idea of levels of supervision is that, um, I think it's important, I guess, that we say this right off the top, is that first of all, your camp is going to have a policy on how you supervise, how many kids, if they're allowed to be um, alone or not, or... um, you know, how many kids per staff is around. Some are, some camps are very specific. Some camps are a little more loose on it. There's no necessarily perfect way to do it. I think as long as you do it, 
um, follow a follow those rules, and if you implement some of the strategies we're gonna um, implement or we're gonna tell you about here, then I think that is like the perfect mix for this. So Oliver, what are like the so we're talking about levels? Um, how does it look in different contexts? Yeah, so levels is a great way to say it because it's the amount of engagement that you're really putting into it. I like to say that engaging supervision is the best supervision you can have. If you're playing a game with your entire cabin or if you are sitting there talking with everybody at once and everyone's invested in what's going on, then you have won the battle of supervision, right? Mm. Really, the breakdowns in supervision typically come from the fact that you're trying to watch sometimes eight to 10 kids who are over here and over there and up there and down there. So if you are looking all over the place to try and supervise your campers, it's really tough. So if you're engaging right off the bat, you're doing the best version of supervision because everyone's there. Now, making sure your supervision and your engagement are appropriate and you know what is appropriate for that age group as well is really important. And that we talk about in other shows, but you know, engagement is number one, be engaged. Matt, do you want to talk a little bit more about these levels as well? Yeah, I, I think that um, I think engagement is a great word. And I think that sometimes when um, when I was a camp counselor and I heard like to be engaged or like keep keep kids engaged, I think I often thought that I had to be the person to do that or that meant like that I had to be like dancing and, and like being zany and crazy and always being the person to entertain kids. Whereas that's not the case. I think looking at engagement is um, making sure that kids are invested in at least something. Um, and I don't want to say, we're not going to jump too far ahead, but I think um, that in every case, it's that a camper um, has an opportunity to, to choose to do something, to buy into something, or to choose to do something on their own, um, that you're providing good choices for those campers. Um, and that sounds a little bit different than, than supervising, because we might think traditionally of supervising like just watching kids, but you know, a, a fine camp counselor, like a, a like a, a B minus camp counselor, is going to watch those kids and and be counting kids and making sure everything is fine. But you know, an A and an A plus counselor, or dare I say it, a first class counselor, huh, right, um, is going to be doing some of these things. So, um, Oliver, I think you you had some thoughts on like different what it looks like the size of coverage and how that changes. Could you share more about that? Yeah. So <clears throat> I then kind of break it out into kind of different types. So. Uh, I talk about a zone coverage or a man coverage. So if you're a sporty person, you're going to understand this pretty quick, but I'm going to quickly go over kind of what this looks like. So first off is a zone coverage. So a zone coverage means you're going to be taking care of an area of responsibility, right? Normally you'll see this during free time. You might see this uh, when campers can move from one activity to another, you're going to be covering an area. Uh, or it might be during like a large evening program and you're responsible for a program during that evening program, like a small game or something, um, something small. Your responsibility is to make sure that that activity goes well. The campers who are doing it within that area are being well supervised. So that's a zone coverage. Campers can come in, they can go out. You're just responsible for that activity right there. And then, uh, and then another thing to notice is if you're on, if you're doing a zone coverage, there's probably other activities that are going on. So you need to make sure that if a camper is leaving your zone, they're letting you know what zone they're going to, right? This is really important as well. And that, that the person who is in the other zone is going to be accepting them sometimes. So 
sometimes uh, the rules vary a little bit based off of how your camp works. But for example, if a camper is going from, say, one side of the basketball court to the other, you might want to just make sure you keep your eye on that kid. But if a camper is going from, say, the basketball court to a 30-foot walk over to a gaga pit, now the person who is in the gaga pits is going to be taking over the zone coverage of that camper. So you just want to make sure that you're in some way communicating that, hey, I'm losing a camper and you're gaining a camper in some way, uh, if you can. <clears throat> the next is the man coverage. And to break this down, that means you're in charge of a group. So there might be a big activity going on. You're moving around with your group. This might be when you have your cabin group together. You're responsible for these kids and they're not going to be leaving your group unless really there's something going on that they need to go and do, right? So like it might, they might need to go to the bathroom or they might need to um, maybe join another group, but that's being communicated. That's part of the responsibilities that are going on right then. And there you are in charge of these kids. You're man on man. Um, so <clears throat> it's not going to change unless something is changing in your environment for the most part. So that's man coverage and zone coverage. And if you can get into the mentality of what coverage you're in, and not only that, but you're communicating with your coworkers and co-counselors what coverage is going on, then it's a lot easier. So know what times of the day you might be in zone coverage and what times of the day you might be in man coverage. And we'll cover those as we go down on our chart, kind of where we see that coming through. Uh, yeah, Matt, do you have anything else you'd add? I have a couple more, but I don't want to talk for too much in a row. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think with all this, you touched on it, but I think the varying age groups is really important, and we could break down. I think, like you said, we could break down how each of the different kinds of coverage um, looks for each age group. I think just like thinking about ages and. Um, knowing the character characteristics. So we would call the youngest campers at the camp I grew up at, they were called peewees. And, um, you know, like a peewee can't leave your site, right? Even in a pair or even in a triad because they're just going to go. And, and as a camp counselor, I was like, oh yeah, I can trust them just to leave the, the like to go outside the cabin and hang the stuff up on the clothesline. They're going to come back. I think I was counseling like teens the week before and I forgot that like, Peewee campers get distracted sometimes, right? And then they ended up like down towards the water. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank goodness I had a co-counselor, right? Like that was dumb, not first class counselor, Matt. Um, and I think also back to the, like just with those different ages, um, you know, engagement looks different for those ages as well. Whereas like a, a teen might enjoy being by themselves. They might enjoy, maybe they're doodling or maybe they're making a bracelet and that's totally fine for them. Um, but a peewee or a, a, a junior, so I'm talking younger, like ages, what, five to eight or nine, even if a camper's on their own in that way, then there might be something more emotional going on with them because usually kids that age are a little, little more social. They haven't, they don't know what alone time looks like yet. So just making sure that you are, um, just aware of the differences within there. And one, one strategy um, usually doesn't fit for every age. Uh, my other two strategies that I want to talk about have to do a little bit more with not being as super engaged, right? If you're in a zone, you can hop on in there and play a game with them. If you're a man coverage, you're obviously engaging with this group of campers. But my next two are a little bit more hands-off. And these are totally okay to do as a counselor. And uh, as long as your camp permits it. So think about these things, but it's important because some of them actually help a little bit with your self-care. So my first off is your eyes on, but hands off, right? So many times we think of this engagement as you have to be sitting there 
you have to be leading the conversation. You have to be leading the game. You have to be the person who's constantly coming up with things. Uh, sometimes you might see that campers uh, are having an issue and you feel like you need to step in. And I'm going to tell you that sometimes it's better to have your eyes on but hands off. You're making sure that everything is going safely. You might be participating, but you don't have to be leading. Uh, sometimes you're just listening. So with that being said, we'll give you a couple examples. So let's say that you are on the basketball court and uh, you're looking for something to do. It's totally all right if the campers are playing basketball for you to just join into the game um, or be there to kind of watch and ref, referee the game. But your hands are off. Another instance might be a bunch of campers are sitting around a picnic table. You can sit down at that picnic table and maybe be there to listen in on the conversation and kind of nod your head and, and be present. You can even stand next to the table kind of off by a few feet. And really all you're doing is monitoring that conversation to make sure everything's going right. Because campers need to interact with just campers. Sometimes they don't need that counselor to be a part of that conversation. It's really important for their growth. And going into that growth and still in the same categories, you might be standing somewhere you know, a little bit farther away from campers, you see maybe two campers are having a disagreement or an argument of some sort. And as long as it doesn't become elevated or out of control, it might be good to watch for a minute or two and let those campers try to resolve the issues themselves. And then you can step in and say, hey guys, what's going on? Uh, and kind of get an answer from them. Or if things do seem to be getting out of control and this is really up to you to make that call, but you might have to step in, but see if they can solve their issues on their own. This is called eyes on hands off. And it's really important for that development of campers. I think, I think Oliver, the, there's something cool that we did at Pierce Williams um, was that we had like a, there was a couple hand signals that only the staff knew um, for a couple different things. And one of them, I can't, I think it was like fists underneath the chin, like a thinking space because you know if if you let's go back to the basketball court apparently everything's happening on the basketball court this episode if if oliver's doing zone coverage on the basketball court and i'm kind of walking from place to place if i'm either not with kids or you know if if i'm even like a leadership staff and i'm not assigned to a group of kids at that point let's say um and i see two kids getting heated and oliver has made the choice to observe the behavior but let the kids work on their problem solving abilities, which I think is, you're right, Oliver, it's so important. Um, if I look to the situation, Oliver looks at me and puts his hand underneath his, like his fist underneath his chin, then I know that he's got it. Because I think even a well-intentioned director or staff member or leadership staff or whatever might look at that situation and you don't want to be as well, like Oliver doesn't want people to perceive him as being like lazy or, or like non-observant to that thing. But there's at least a hand signal to be like, I got this. Like, it's fine. I'm letting this, I'm letting this go. Um, I think there was also a hand signal for like, I need help as well. If it's, for some reason you couldn't, if it was serious enough, you just say help. Right. But like, um, or like I need a support or like hang around. I want just in case things go south, maybe there's a hand signal for like, Hey, can you also come and observe this situation? So in those contexts, hand signals can be helpful in that sense. Yeah. And Matt's talking about, you know, his entire camp having these hand signals. Maybe you can, and if your camp isn't going to do the hand signals because it's a lot to maybe add, you can also just look into doing them with your co. Like yeah. You yeah. two are going to be communicating all the time. And it's important for you to kind of have a secret communication. We've definitely talked about it before in the show, uh, but this is just to reiterate, take that time. 
Yeah. Uh, the next thing I wanted to hit on though is the out of sight. So that's right. You can supervise when campers are not in your sight line. But a, you can just keep your ears open, right? If you're sitting in the cabin and you're in another room, you can listen in on a conversation to make sure it's still appropriate. Right. Uh, I can't tell you in my counseling experience how many times that I've overheard conversations that I thought were inappropriate and I had to walk in as a counselor and be the buzzkill and be like, hey, boys, that's not appropriate. <laughs> and you, you just you, say it. You say boys, but that's not necessarily a stereotype. That's not necessarily a stereotype. Nine times out of ten, it's hey, boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, in sorry, for me counseling in a boys' boy. cabin, right? Yeah, um, That's fair. Sorry, I was thinking of the situation I was in, but I have also <laughs> walked up and been like, hey, girls, maybe we shouldn't be talking that way. Sure. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so it changes all uh, It changes all the time. And it's really important for you to have your ears open and hear that. So just because you can't see something doesn't mean you can't hear that something's going on. And to be honest, some of the best counselors out there have some type of freaky super hearing that allows them to overhear the things that need to be heard. Uh, <clears throat> but sometimes you may have a camper who is going to be out of your sight and they need to go to your site for something um, specific. It might be they need to go into the bathroom. They might need to go and grab something. Now, please remember varying camps have varying different rules. So know what your rules are on letting campers out of sight. Some say 24 hour supervision. Some say it's okay for them to break off. So um, <clears throat> with that being said, some, most of the time you are going to be sending a camper in a buddy system or uh, <clears throat> They also might be something called a truddy, which is three campers together. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's important to know that. And when you are going to send a camper to, say, the bathroom, what I suggest is something that we have taught at camps that I've worked at previous, previously, which is called make sure that you do spat. So this is making sure that you align a specific place that they're going. Are they going to the cabin? Are they going down to um, <clears throat> the bathroom? Are they going to grab their water bottle that they left on a bench? In the other room, where are they going? What's the specific place? Uh, what people are going, right? So are you sending a truddy of best friends who are going to take forever and get distracted? Are you sending a camper who maybe has been bullied by another camper? Mm. So you have to be aware of who the people are that you are sending. Uh, what's that dynamic of the group? <clears throat> Next is agree on an area that you're going to meet back up with them. So they're going to come back to you and they're going to find you in this specific place again, right? So that's really important because if they're going to the bathroom and they're going to be gone for 10 minutes, you might be moving to another spot or you're going to say, I'm going to still be in this area. So make sure you have an agreed upon area that you're going to meet back up at. And then finally, the time. So what time are they going to be gone for? And what time are they going to be back? If they don't have a watch, they can still kind of estimate what's 10 minutes, what's five minutes, what's 15 minutes within that gap of time. And then you as a counselor should have a watch. Make sure you have one. They're so important. Mm -hmm. And then that way, you know when they're getting back and you can keep an eye on it. And this is really important. You've agreed on it. They're coming back to meet you. you they have to come back and see you. But it's your responsibility as a counselor that if that 15 minutes or whatever the agreed upon time ends and they're not back, you got to go hunt them down. You have to go and find them. And hopefully they're in that specific place they told you they were going to be or on the way back. Right. And then that way uh, they're all covered. But uh, And at least, really at least you know, right? At least you know if, if for some reason something happens, if there's like an emergency search called at that time or there's a fire, you know exactly where they're going. So I, I just, I think that's really cool, Oliver. And I'm, I'm going to reiterate it just to make sure that I got it right. Okay. So S is specific place. Are they going to a specific place? 
P is people. What people are they going with? A is agree on an area, double A there. So they agree on an area where they're going to come back and meet you. And T, the time of return. So what's the timeline of their entire trip? So S-P-A-T, spat. I like that. Perfect. Yeah. So make sure you spat before you go. Nice. All right. Uh, moving on for us, though, we're going to talk about areas and time where supervision is super important. Uh, this might be the location, but we're going to teach you a device again, another little acronym. We seem to really like them on today's show that is going to help you be a better supervisor of campers. So Matt, hit us with your acronym. Yeah, and I definitely can't take credit for this one. Um, this is uh, from James Davis. He's part of uh, he's part of Go of Go Camp Pro for a little bit, and he's also part of the Summer Camp Society. Um, and uh, th- why we wanted to put this in was because this is like how you supervise. We've talked. We're going to talk a lot about why and give you some tips, but like this is this is what you should do um, in terms of supervising, and they frame it as what to do when you're not sure what to do. So if you're kind of in that, like this is a good like zone coverage, I guess, um, tactic, um, but it's an acronym and it spells out darling, D-A-R-L-I-N-G, okay? So um, we're going to post in the show notes the link to to these videos because James does a great job of like explaining them and giving examples. I'm not necessarily going to do that here because um, I, want, I want us to cover a lot of other great things, but um, this is essentially the framework. It's what you're looking out for while you're supervising. So what are you paying attention to? So D is dangerous, right? And that's the most important one, right? Safety is number one. So this could be maybe campers are at like a a makerspace or a craft station and using tools. Maybe they're at archery where they're holding actual weapons or they're at low ropes where spotting is really important um, or any potential dangerous situations. And if there's a dangerous situation, then you need to make sure that you are following the proper safety procedures or stopping things Um, if they're so dangerous that you need to intervene. So D is dangerous. A is alone. So if a camper is sitting by themselves, um, they could be feeling sad or bored. Like I said earlier, if they're a teen, maybe they're just doing something, but that's definitely something to check up on is if a camper is alone. So dangerous, alone. R stands for rough play. Um, And basically you're looking out for this because that's, it's another safety thing where injury could happen. So maybe playing tag, if it's like a hands-on tag or people are really running hard or if it's football and kids are tackling each other, maybe you can go in and propose to do two hand touch instead. Um, Or I'm going to say gag ball like three times or gaga ball, however you want to say it. Um, That like there's rough play that happens with that sometimes too, right? Because you're in a small space. So dangerous, alone, rough play. L is listless, which is another word for bored. So if a camper is bored or just simply waiting for the next opportunity or next thing to happen, then we want to give them an opportunity to jump into, um, to, to engage in something, whether it's you doing or, or suggesting an activity or starting a conversation with them, helping them not be bored because there's so many amazing things to do at summer camp. It's like, why should any kid ever be bored ever? Um, so that's listless. I is intense competition because intense competition can mean rough play, can mean dangerous. Um, so again, goggleball. I always think of goggleball in there. Um, and I'll give you a tip, a goggleball specific tip um, at the end of this show, uh, just to you know keep you going there. So intense competition and is needs help. And needs help isn't actually a camper who needs help. It's another staff member who might need help. So for instance, if another staff member is um, doing zone coverage or leading a game, maybe the what, what you would call man coverage, I think, Oliver. Um, 
then you can go and help them by helping kids listen. So if kids aren't listening or there's like a lot going on, then that's a great area for you to go to to help out in that way. And then if all of those are fine, if there's nothing dangerous, no kids are alone, there's no rough play, no one's bored or listless, um, there's no intense competition that, that needs further supervising, um, and no staff member needs help, then G is an opportunity to grow connections with a camper. And um, I'll touch on that a little bit later um, as well. But it's your opportunity to go and try to um, engage kids in a conversation or spending just a few minutes to chat with them to find out about them a little bit because that's your chance to grow a connection with another camper. Now, notice I say another camper, not another staff member right? Um, a good way you can, I think James describes in the videos, he's like, for their camp, they said, if you look left and you look right and there's a staff member beside you and there's kids on site, then you should probably be in a different spot. Um, so I thought that was kind of a cool way to, to think of it. And in my head, that would be a great framework to, to think of. So um, yeah, so that that's like the, the darling framework. Um, is kind of just that way, what you need to be thinking about. And that's like those spidey senses, right? And if an acronym helps you remember, if darling, dangerous, alone, rough play, listless, intense competition, needs help, growing connection. If you could memorize anything as a counselor, I think that's one of the ones that would be very helpful to you. So Oliver, I think you, you were going to touch on, you know, darling applies to anywhere where you're supervising, but I guess it changes a little bit based on the area and type of coverage that you're in. So what are some of the areas that, um, we want to be considering that darling mindset. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about five either locations or activities that really do uh, buy into the zone coverage, man coverage idea, but also uh, with the darling idea, keeping that in mind while you're doing these things, like that safety aspect and everything. So uh, to break it down, I'm going to go through them. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the importance of those areas and what they mean. So first off, I just want to talk about the waterfront. I think this is one of the most important areas on camp for superficial, obviously, because there's just that natural threat of the water, right? The big one here is we've talked about that out of sight and the, uh, and the uh, eyes, not hands. This is one of those areas where out of sight really isn't acceptable. So don't think about sending your campers down to the waterfront if you can't see them, right? If a camper forgets their water bottle at the waterfront, typically your answer should be, we're going to have to get it tomorrow or something. Uh, <clears throat> think about that situation, but really waterfront out of sight is really not an acceptable form of supervision, right? You want to make sure that they have eyes on them at all times. It might not be your eyes, yeah, but it's yeah. gotta be somebody's. And I would say, I would say, don't think that the lifeguards can handle everything. Even if you're at like a free swim time, right? The, it's not the life, the lifeguard's job. Yes. Is to be looking after and counting every kids and they have strategies for that, but you can make their job a heck of a lot easier if you are doing proper supervision and engaging kids and, and making sure that they're safe too. You can help them even if you don't have your lifeguard qualifications. Yeah. And Matt even brings up a really good point. The lifeguards are there in the waterfront and they're primarily in, going to be in a zone coverage, right? They're going to be covering an area of the waterfront, scanning and making sure that everything is safe within their zone. And they do keep their eyes open for everything that's going on on the waterfront. And it's going to be your job to assist in that zone, right? So <clears throat> sometimes if you ever played sports, you may hear that sometimes people will flood a zone. That means that they put more people in an area that they can that the defense can handle your job as a counselor 
will be to be in that zone and to help those lifeguards or whoever else there it, with the flooding. Now, when you're outside of the waterfront and you're in the area around the waterfront, it is just as important for you to maybe cover a zone. Your camp might have a uh, volleyball net. It might have a sandcastle area. It might have just a sit and chill area. It is just as important to have somebody in those zones as it is anywhere else on camp. Those are kind of free spaces. And sometimes people really forget about those areas when they're down at the waterfront because they're thinking so much about inside the gates to the waterfront that they forget about the area that doesn't have to do with just the water. So make sure you have people in those zones when you get down to the waterfront. And then <clears throat> remember, when you close a zone, you always want to do a roll call. And with waterfront, that's super important. You're going to, when waterfront comes to an end, and from there, when one waterfront closes, you're pretty much going to go into a man coverage because you need to make sure you have all of your campers accounted for from your cabin. And then that count goes back to the waterfront. So while you are in a zone coverage, you also want to know where your specific campers are going during this zone time. So are they going into the deep end? Are they chilling on the water slide? Are they playing on the beach? Where are my campers at while I'm also kind of in this one section of the waterfront as well? Mm -hmm. So keep your eyes open. Uh, with the next area I want to talk about is meals. So you're going to be sitting at a table. You're going to be engaged in this meal with the campers. Uh, you're going to be sh sharing. There's a lot of different things here. So if you do want more information about meals, you can always go check out one of our other podcasts that we do, which was all about fantastic meals. So you can go and check that one out and get a lot more information here. But when it comes to supervision, really, you're in a man coverage here. You're going to be watching all your individual campers at your table. If a camper does need to get up to wash their hands, go to the bathroom, grab more food, you're going to be doing the spat with them, right? You're going to say, hey, where are you going? You know, who you're going with or what are you trying to get? You know, when are you coming? Um, we're going to be obviously at this table when you get back. And then obviously, hey, you're going to be gone for 10 minutes. The dining hall can sometimes get big, busy, and crazy, but make sure that you are supervising your kids at the table. There's a lot of things to look for. You can check those all out in the other podcast but making sure that you're keeping your eyes on those campers. Uh, you're in that man coverage. When you go to the free times, you're back into a zone coverage, right? So we're moving on from our meals. We're going to free times. This is also known as rec time at some camps or recreation time. So you might have basketball, gaga, soccer, wiffle ball, and maybe three other activities going on at the same time. It's really important for you and the other counseling staff of these areas to know who's covering what area. You know, sometimes camps, and a lot of camps don't assign people to be in specific activities. It's just expected that those activities will get covered. But you should be saying, hey, there's nobody covering soccer right now. I got to head over there and take care of soccer for a little bit. Or I got to ask another counselor to go and cover that area. So during these free times, that zone coverage is really important. And then another really important part of about free times is your zones have an edge to them as well. So if you're on the soccer pitch and then there's a wooded edge to your camp, there's no campers that should be going into those woods probably, right? They have to stay in a visible area. Mm. So your job also as covering that zone for the soccer field is covering the zone of this entire play area. So you're keeping an eye on making sure none of the campers are sneaking off outside of all of the zone coverage. So you got to watch your edges as well. Uh, <clears throat> and then in cabin times, you're in a man coverage. So you're also... <clears throat> going to be in a cabin with campers, your man up on those campers, making sure that they're showering, they're supposed to be showering, brushing their teeth. And you can also check out a wonderful uh, podcast we have about going to bed at night, which really helps with a big amount of your cabin times. We've done a lot of these shows, so we're getting pretty good at saying, hey, check out these <laughs> other podcasts. 
Um, but with those cabin times, you're going to be in man coverage because you're specifically looking after those campers. Yes, you're in a zone in the cabin, but the care for those campers, their specific tasks that have to get handled, a lot of counselors forget that. They think that they're in a zone coverage when they get back to the cabin because it's a little bit more laid back in the man coverage kind of category. But it's important that you make, you're making sure that those campers are handling their nightly responsibilities that they're supposed to have. And then finally, the last one I want to hit on is events. Camp has a bunch of different events that you may do while you're at camp. They might be something like a giant competition. It might be a game where there's a stage and everyone's sitting in an audience. It might be a show. It might be a closing campfire, an opening campfire. There's a lot of different things that can happen with events. And it's really important for you to get that communication from whoever's running that event, what type of coverage everyone's going to be in during it. Sometimes you might be moving around with your group from activity to activity and you're in a man coverage with your kids. Sometimes you might be assigned to an area where you're going to be playing a game with any kids who come to you. Sometimes you might be sitting in an audience and you're in man coverage over your kids to making sure that they're behaving during the show going on. So think about what type of coverage you're in when you're working with your kids and which one would work best. Uh, And that's really important. Know the type of event that you're in and the type of coverage that you are providing of your campers during that time. And you may not always be told it, but it's important for you as a responsible young leader and decision maker to make the decision of, okay, what's the smartest coverage to be in? And if you are ever in a situation where you don't know what coverage to be in, I will tell you, typically the secret answer is to be in man coverage because you are more directly supervising the campers, right? Usually in a zone coverage, you have to be communicating with other people. And if no one's communicated with you, that means you are probably in man coverage. So keep your eye open there. Hmm. So the last little thing we want to cover um, right here is making sure there's no excuse for campers being unsupervised. So you being able to guard yourself, I guess, from ever being in an occasion where your campers would be under supervised. So Matt, can you hit me up with a few things that you could do to make sure you're always supervising your campers, even when it gets a little difficult? Yeah, I, I just think that my mind thing, I think you have some practical tips coming up. Mine is more just thinking about it, right? This is the time to show and to be like committed to your campers. This is why you're here. You're for them, not for your coworkers, right? Or not for being lazy and letting kids be unsupervised um, for two reasons. And one, it's not just because, you know, a camp director could be watching or a leadership staff could be watching or, um, you know, you want to have that personal integrity. And, and I would hope that a, a first class counselor, right. Would have uh, that integrity to, to make sure they're supervising. But I think the other practical side of it is like if something happens and you were supposed to be watching those kids, right? I have law, you know, if I'm your director um, and you know, you're supposed to be watching kids and, and a kid goes somewhere where you can't see if they, if you get into the forest behind you or they go somewhere where, um, or you just like didn't show up for a thing or, or didn't go to the right spot and you're not paying attention and something happens to that kid, that's on you. Right. And that, and you take the blame for that and whatever consequence becomes appropriate for that. And I don't mean to like be the big scary camp director in that way, but if we're here to make sure that kids have the best time ever and that they're safe while they do it, then you need that your, you do your part, you play your part. And that could be that's that, um, that person coverage, the man coverage or the zone coverage. And, um, it's okay to play that part. It might not be the best, most awesome part of being a camp counselor too, but that doesn't matter because the kid's experience is more important than you having the best time ever all the time. 
Yeah, so some good practices that you need to have to making sure that your campers are always supervised. It does not always mean that your eyes have to be on your campers, right? So say you have to go to the bathroom. You can always ask another person to cover your cabin for a minute while you go to the bathroom. You're not stuck there. Um, so, you know, even in the... <laughs> We're not suggesting that you wet yourself um, yeah. because you're supervising kids. Just, just yeah. you know, just to be clear. You can't be like, I heard, uh, I heard this on a podcast that I couldn't leave. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's as easy as going, hey, Matt, can you watch my cabin for a minute? I got to run to the bathroom. And that's going to give me an affirmative or a negative. And from there, we're going to go. Right. <laughs> Sorry, is that what you were looking for? To be like, yes, Oliver, you can go. I wasn't yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's really important. The other thing is uh, paying attention to what your co needs, too. Right. We talk about this all the time about communicating your co, but be willing to cover for another counselor in that situation. Right. Where Matt would say, yeah, Oliver, go to the bathroom. It's going to be good. I got this, but it also could be Matt going, Hey, Oliver, I'll cover your cabin for a minute. Can you go and handle this? Right. This happens a lot of the time with leadership staff, right? Mm. If you're a leadership staff member, you can go cover a cabin and be like, Hey, Matt, I'm here to cover your cabin for a minute. Can you go talk to so-and-so about this? Right. And that, that this could be evening program. It could be an activity that you're running that later day. It might be, the director needs to talk to you about your paycheck because something got messed up with the stub, right? There's so many different things that are going on. It's totally okay for you to come over and cover for a coworker and be like, Hey, I'll cover your cabin for five minutes so you can go and handle this. Mm. I see that that's important to you. Um, one of my favorite ways I've seen people do this is if you have international staff on your team, a really great way to show some appreciation to them and say, Hey, I'm going to cover your cabin for five minutes. Because I know that normally you don't get off until your time zone for your family is passed. So, right? It's a really great one to show appreciation and give somebody maybe yeah. some of that emotional comfort that they need of being able to call their family for five minutes when their family is still awake. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, I get, I think again, like that, if, if you can do that and that doesn't interrupt anything, I think that's like one of the best things. I think in a future episode, um, perhaps soon, we're going to talk about like how to be the best coworker. Um, and I, I really do like that. And I think, um, I think that kind of support that you can offer to your co-counselors is really important. And um, what I would also say is that um, you, you doing this, and so you might, we're going to say this, Oliver, but don't give up your responsibilities to help someone else as well, right? I've seen that where a counselor, this is back to the keener thing, Oliver. This is back to being a keener where somebody who wants to help out um, so much that they forget about their responsibilities too. So even if you're getting coverage or doing that, just make sure that you're not giving up your own responsibilities first as well. Um, another point is make sure that you have as many eyes as possible. More eyes are typically always better. So keep eyes on if you can. Um, so a good strategy for this is if you know you're maybe going to be on single coverage one day, so which means it's just you and your co is maybe off. Plan to go to an activity where there's already going to be somebody there to help you out, right? Like, say you're heading to the rock wall. The person who belays is a, another set of eyes. Yes, their job is to run the rock wall, but because they're there, you have another set of eyes who's assisting and can help you run an activity with your campers, and it helps you calm down. If you are a leadership staff member and you know that your counselor is going to be on single coverage, go. Be an extra set of eyes on them so they're not getting overwhelmed, uh, these are all great things that you can do. And then finally, know when you have to make the move as a whole group. So say you're sitting in a position where you need to take all of your campers to 
the wellness hut because the camper isn't feeling well, right? If you're on that single coverage, you don't have another set of eyes. Yes, it's not fun for you to pick up all of your campers and say, hey, we all got to head to the health center um, so that, you know, we can get there because somebody's not feeling so well. No one, you have to make the whole group move. Even if it's not the best move, it is the necessary one. And don't be scared to have to make it sometimes. All right. And then finally, we just want to talk about a few ways that you can make supervision supervision more engaging. We're just going to run through these as quick as we can so you can get a good idea, some little tips and tricks that you can do to be more engaging. So Matt, do you want to just, we'll toss them back and forth and get through them? Certainly, yeah. So my thing is just knowing back pocket games um, and never can tells. Uh, if you haven't heard of an uh, of either of those things, a back pocket game, we call it that because you can just pull it out of your back pocket. And it's a literally something, it doesn't need any props or any time. It's just like, hey, let's play this game. Um, we should do an episode, I think, on back pocket games, like the best back pocket games. Um, because I, I think I know like 40 of them because that was something really big in our camps culture was to know these games and never can tell. So you might've heard of like, Silly Sally Summers. So like Silly Sally likes waterfalls, but not water. Or um, she likes uh, doors, but not windows, right? And there's a trick to why she likes one thing and not the other. I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's a never can tell. But knowing those things are just like great little points of connection. And I can't tell you how many times that I've entertained a group of kids by being like, there are six pink elephants on the roof and 40 pink elephants on the ceiling. And how many pink elephants? The answer is four, by the way, but I'm not going to tell you why. So those are never can tells in back pocket games. There you go. Um, I love competitions, so I do a lot of little competitions with my campers. It might be something as simple as who can find me the most uh, acorns on the ground. Uh, it could be something as simple as who can name the geese that are on the field. Mm-hmm. These really simple things are entertaining, right? Um, <clears throat> because you're asking a question to the group and they're going to try and compete to find the best name for the keys or to find the most acorns. And this is something really simple, something really easy and it's engaging and you're supervising your campers. Super important. Mm-hmm. My next one. Is, yeah. Yeah. My next one is just like the, it's a mindset, like playing with kids is totally fine, right? If you're in zone coverage, I, I, I think like zone coverage and, and man coverage, I'm not sure exactly how this fits in it, but like if you are playing nine square in the air or gag, we'll go back to gag ball. I think you can play and be covering in that circumstance as well. And I think the oper- there's two opportunities there. One is that you get to role model the type of behavior that you expect in there. So if I, if I was watching Gagaball, um, and I did this a couple of times, and it's, it was getting intense, right? There was the eye and the darling. It was getting intense. It was getting a little rough. So I didn't say anything. I just jumped in at the next game. And then I just made sure that I was like being competitive. I was matching their level of play, but I was being appropriate. And I was saying, good job. And I was, and I was there to kind of watch for those things. And then people followed my example example and things got better um and the other thing is like if a camper wants to sit out in one of those situations like if you're playing and a camper wants to sit out and they're they just want to watch they just want some alone time as long as they're in, within your field of sight you can do that quick spot with them or just a quick check-in and be like you're going to be right there no problem um i think that's um i think that's that's totally appropriate but i i I can't tell you how many times where I see a wasted opportunity for someone to be actually playing with kids. And that is much better than just watching them. All right. Uh, call and response or sound offs. These are a way that you can get 
all of your campers' attention, but also making sure you have all of the people that you need to have, right? That's an important part of supervision is just making sure you have everybody and everyone's accounted for. So do make sure you do these types of sounds off, sound offs and call and response. So um, a really good example um, would be, for example, here at Camp Jewel, we use the clap. So you go, and then the response would be, oh, right? That's a way to get everyone's attention and it gives you the ability to supervise everybody at that moment because everyone's attention is on you. Or you could do the sound off, which is a little bit different, where every camper might have a number, every camper might have the word to a song that they sing, every camper might have a, <clears throat> a type of ingredient to make a taco, which is one of my favorite things that I've ever been a part of, was where our cabin was taco-themed and everyone had tacos. And we talked about that on the podcast before, but it's a favorite memory, so it gets to be repeated. Mm -hmm. uh, so those sound offs and call responses are really important for making sure that you have clear eyes on everybody that you are supervising. Nice. Yeah, I would say that my, my last piece of advice here is that just knowing some good leading questions, some good conversation starters is really important as well. Um, if, if that's not your natural gift is to think of them on the spot, then take some time to brainstorm them. That could be a, a get ready all on its own is to think of some. But or for example, you know, like if you, I always ask if you could only have one camp meal for, for every meal at camp, what would it be? Or um, asking campers to teach you about something. Maybe you know one of your campers is super into magic cards or anime. And for me, I don't know anything about those things. So it's a great opportunity to let kids teach you. And they love teaching. I love when, when, you know, me being a little older now, there's words that I don't understand. Like somebody said to me, like that song slaps for the first time. And I was like, what does it do? And then I was a camper and they explained it to me and they loved teaching the old man camp director about this thing because they thought it was so cool that they knew it and I didn't. And, and why not? Let them, that'll give them some great self-esteem or asking some deeper questions like, what do you love about camp? You know, why did you, why do you come back year after year? Um, and then the last one, and this is like the money question or the money statement is start to have those leadership conversations with kids as well. So as kids are getting older, if they're displaying um, not some natural inclinations towards leadership, that's a great time to plant the seed of leadership in their head and say, Hey, like, have you ever thought about being a camp counselor someday? Cause I think you would be amazing. Um, I know Travis Allison, the person who's um, behind all the great things that go camp pro does his career in camping started because a counselor pulled him out one night um, of the cabin to do a check-in. And he said, Hey, Travis, I think you'd be really great at being a camp counselor and that changes entire life, right? So don't, don't ever think that a small conversation can't have a big impact on a kid. So take those opportunities. Awesome. Um, my last couple uh, will be helpful. So <laughs> the first is create something, just make something with your campers. This doesn't have to be something physical. You could honestly say, let's grab a bunch of sticks and see what we can make on the ground here. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is also as simple as saying, like, let's make up a word, right? Who knows where slaps came from? Somebody probably does. Yeah, yeah. Let us know in the comments if you do. <laughs> uh, but you could create a word. That's a camp word, right? Uh, you could create a secret signal that you can give people, a secret language, whatever it might be. Create something with your campers. It's engaging because it creates creativity. They need to invent something. Mm. And that is always something fun to do that gets the mind working. Um, I also think it's funny sometimes to carry things. 
Uh, I remember walking around with my group and to stay engaged and to supervise them, I might have us carry something from one side of camp to the other. I'd be like, oh, do you guys see that chair there? That chair needs to be in the dining hall. Let's carry it. But only we only get one finger each, right? And you carry something from one side of the uh, camp to the other. Uh, or I always thought it was funny to do. Uh, and then finally, just keep up some more fun stuff like secret missions that you can add into or uh, adding stories or conversations. One fun game that I've always seen counselor or I've seen counselors play is they pick a movie and then they pretend that movie is part of their life and they see if their campers will discover if they're truly talking about that movie. Um, I think Matt may have taught me that one and now I do it all the time. Maybe, maybe. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, now I trick people into thinking, uh, that my life is finding Nemo and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but those types of things are engaging and these all spark from conversations, questions, you know, it means that you're involved with your campers and you're inciting something within them that is engaging their brains and their minds and their bodies to be a part of something. And, you know, at the end of the day, engagement is supervision. Supervision is engagement. So do them, do them both. Love it. Love it. All right. With that being said, that is our show for today, except for a few extra things that we like to do at the end to get ready for summer camp. So it's our get ready time. Matt, what can you do to get ready for camp? Yes, I, I'm excited about this one. I, I love music at camp, and I think that's one of my biggest memories is like singing. And the reason I, I play guitar now is because one of my camp counselors played guitar. And, uh, inspired me to learn how to play because I wanted to be that cool camp counselor leading guitar someday. And I might not now have ever been that cool camp counselor, but I sure can play guitar. So my suggestion to you to get ready would be to pick up an instrument now. So we're recording this at the end of March and that gives you a couple months still to start learning an instrument. Um, a lot of people will bring a guitar or ukulele is a great one, especially a lot of people will bring those to camp expecting to learn. Um, and if you're expecting to learn, you probably won't because there's not time to do any direct teaching. Like I could teach someone to play the ukulele in an hour and you could play three chords and you'd probably be able to, to start, but you're not like, when do you have time to do that? You're, you're going to be tired at the end of, even if you have a break or even a night off, you're not going to learn it at camp. Just trust me on that one. Um, so if you start now and you learn something like if you can play C, E minor, G and D, and you have a capo, you can play pretty much every song out there in the entire world. Some you'll need to learn some more, but you can play all of the, the, the basics out there. So um, start, and if you can get to that point, then you can like play along with people. So if someone's leading a song, you can like cut a chord along with them if you get the chords, and then you'll actually have some practical experience. So treat this time as just like the learning chords, um, learning the fundamentals, and then at camp, you'll have some experiential learning to go on top of that. Yeah. So my get ready is going to be a little bit strange. I am going to recommend that you watch some YouTube right now. Um, I have become absolutely obsessed with a YouTube creator named Mark Rober. He is a very well-known if you do watch a lot of YouTube, but he is a YouTuber who does science and teaches science in a very fun and experimental way. So he is known for doing some things like creating the world's largest Nerf gun. He has filled uh, a pool with jello. He has um, made 
a giant air horn that you can hear for miles away. But the great thing about Mark Rober for me and why I enjoy loving it or why I enjoy watching so much is not just because of these amazing things that he creates, but it is his love for learning, his love for reaching out there and trying to try something and see what happens. And that is such a beautiful mentality to have. And especially for a summer camp counselor. So take a minute, watch his YouTube videos where he does something cool, like a giant squirt gun as well. And when you're watching him with this giant squirt gun, shoot his nieces and nephews. Uh, he will also teach you some of the science behind how he made it, how it works. And like a Velociraptor in Jurassic Park will hit you with some information you didn't expect to see. And that's a Mark Rover reference if you watch. He is also currently, because I'm such a Mark Rover fan right now, he is also, because of things that are happening in the world, like Matt said, this is during March 2020, where we are dealing with things like COVID-19, Mark has started doing a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at one o'clock Pacific time television or kind of television show or YouTube show where he teaches you something in science live on YouTube live. And it is further empowering people to continue to learn and better themselves with things that they might not know yet in really cool ways. And if you are a counselor who is watching it, notice how he teaches, see how he goes about doing things. He offers demos and visuals and ways to see things that you can't see unless he shows you in these really cool ways and you understand the information better. And for you as a counselor, who's one day going to be talking to kids and explaining stuff, you will see some really cool ways to explain some very complex information. And it allows you to be a better communicator and teacher for your kids when the time comes. So please watch this video. And if you like him, follow the other hundred science creators on YouTube who are the same way. It's such a beautiful community that I have become invested in in the last few weeks that I think you could really benefit as well. So please mark over YouTuber videos. That's cool because that's really cool because you like often I remember like when I was doing outdoor education, I would hate leading the STEM sessions because I just didn't have any great ideas and our curriculum wasn't really well developed in that area. And I think I bet you that there's a lot of YouTubers out there um, and I like what you said, Oliver, about like, follow, look at their teaching style, like how they engage the audience and they're doing that to a camera, right? Like I'm at least talking to you right now. Um, and I can, I can pretend like I'm being engaging to you. Um, by you, I mean Oliver, not even our listeners out there. Um, but I think so great ideas and, um, great ideas, teaching styles, and just some inspiration of how to get kids excited, excited about STEM. Cause that's not always easy. Yeah, it's so cool. Some of, and they're like some of the things he shows you are, you know, it's showing you what buoyancy is with a balloon, right? And how yes. it floats. And uh, it's just an amazing community. And some of his videos have millions of hits. Like he shows you how to shave a watermelon and has 101 million views. So he is a quality creator. You can I can guarantee you that the stuff you're going to watch from him is good quality um, watching material. Nice. It's great. Nice. Thanks for sharing that Oliver. That's cool. Yeah. 
All right, uh, Matt, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Yeah, if you uh, if you turn out to be a Mark Rober fan or you decided uh, that you love the Darling Mindset or want to give us some feedback or have a question about the show or a topic suggestion, please get a hold of me at Matt, M-A-T-T, at gocamp.pro or you can find me on Instagram at uh, Iscus, I-S-C-U-S, because that's my camp name. Yep. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can just get me at oliver.gregan at ghymca.org. You can also hit me up on Facebook. If you enjoyed today's show, we'd be so grateful if you left a review from wherever you are listening to this podcast. Your ratings and reviews not only let, tell us what you like or don't like about the show, but they also boost our ratings and get more people to discover our show so that one day we get millions of hits like Mark Rober. So make sure you share what you're listening to. Yeah, the, the, the best thing that you can do for us is just pass the podcast on to a fellow camp counselor um, or let your director know if you stumbled upon this, let your director or camp director friends know about us um, just to help us get the information out there. We just moved over to our brand new podcast network, which is awesome. Um, and it means that we want to start building a new audience so you can help us uh, with your reviews and your word of mouth is, is uh, super helpful for us. So make sure you also check out our show notes and you can find those at go camp.pro slash podcast and you'll find um, our show and all the other awesome camp podcasts out there that go camp pro is putting out for you yeah so thanks for listening friends camp is camp and camp's all good first class counselors is brought to you by beth and travis allison summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants thanks for listening friends Hey, Camp Rose, we love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, we hope that whenever you share an idea that you learn from the Camp Hacker podcast, conference, summer camp professionals group, or wherever else, that you're quick to give credit where credit is due. That way, we can all encourage more Camp Pros to share the tips and tricks that will make camp better.